When buying or selling a business, there are a lot of points to consider. From a tax standpoint, to hiring the right employees and management team, especially if you won't be involved in the daily operations of the business, you need to set realistic goals. Analyze how the business is performing and make sure that everyone in your business has a common direction in mind. Welcome to The Michael Saunders Show. Host Michael Saunders and co-host Warren Whitus are here to answer your questions with a high level of expertise and knowledgeable guests. Now, here are Michael and Warren. Welcome, everyone, to The Michael Saunders Show. My name is Warren Whitus, and I'll be one of your hosts today, along with Jesse Jameson, who's our executive producer, and lastly, Michael Saunders, who's the owner of Lesson Associates Business Brokers. Uh, our special guests tonight are Don and Diane Shipley. Uh, I'd like to tell the listeners a little bit about the work that Don and Diane have done with the Navy SEALs, but also with on behalf of wounded veterans. Don, a retired Navy SEAL, and his wife Diane have gained national recognition for their relentless investigating and publicizing of individuals who've made false claims of being Navy SEALs, which has been called stolen valor. From what I understand from Don is that, that that takes about most of their day just verifying all the different requests they receive each day. But Don and Diane also have a sanctuary called Warriors Rest for Veterans, for Wounded Veterans, which is located in, in Cambridge, Maryland. Lastly, I'd like to thank both of you for your service to the country, not only while you were active, obviously, but also in your retirement. I mean, you continue your great work. And I, th- I think I think you really, uh, the whole military is proud of you. I talked to my brother today about you. He said, yep, I've heard of Don Shipley. I know who he is. He said he really does a lot for the Marines. And uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, and we're both, all, all three of us hosts, we're honored to have you on today. We just think you're the best and we love listening to you. So, uh, Don, I do, I do have one question for you here to start off the show. And it's what what uh, motivated you to join the Navy in 1978? I mean, you were a young man, and I I just curious what what the process was or what you were thinking about at that time. Well, my father was a fighter pilot and an airline captain, and he had that fighter pilot swag. And I was the oldest son, so all of it came out on me. And uh, he interrupted the Brady Bunch uh, one day while I was watching it, <laughs> and. Uh, I got upset and I left and I went and saw a Navy recruiter and had enough. And uh, a few days later, I came back home and, and told him I was joining the Navy. And uh, that's really what did it. My my dad was a, a great, great guy, uh, but we clashed uh, like the oldest sons and fathers do. Yep. And I knew there was a big world out there and wanted to see that. Well, I, I know uh, I know one gentleman here on this. Michael can can identify with that story. <laughs> he, he did he did a similar thing, but he can tell you about that later. Um, so okay, so in '78 you joined the Navy, but six years later you decide that you want to be a Navy SEAL. Now that to me is a major decision because what everything I've heard, very difficult. Eighty percent of the people fail going through buds, and I'm just like, geez, why would you put yourself through that misery? So maybe you can kind of enlighten me on that decision. Well, I love everything about the Navy. I served on two ships. My second one was where I met my wife, Diane, on board that ship. Uh, we got married, and one of us had to leave. That was Navy policy. Oh, really? Okay. I found my way to Coronado Island, 
in California and yeah. was driving salt craft, the, the boats that land Marines on the beach and saving Private Ryan. And that's where the SEAL guys were training. And back then, there were no books written about SEALs. There were no movies. There was nothing, just uh, one paragraph in the recruiting manual about it. But I remember asking somebody, who are those guys? I saw them getting their asses handed to them on the base. And uh, somebody said, they're SEALs. And I went, what's a SEAL? <laughs> and I found out that these guys got machine guns and grenades and explosives. And I said, yeah, I think I want to do that. You want to blow up things, huh? That's what you yes, wanted to do. I want to blow things up and break, uh, break things. Yes, that's it. Well, great. So, Diana, you know, I came from a military family somewhat. And, um, and I know that and my, my brother was over in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, things like that. But um, when, when Don came home that day or, and told you, said, well, Don, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL, and I might be gone for months at a time. I mean, what was the thought, thought that you had going through your head? I mean, I know that's a difficult time for you because I know my, uh, my sister-in-law, when my brother was over uh, in Afghanistan, Iraq, places like that, she would hear from him because we had Internet, but she was still always concerned that he wouldn't come home. So, I mean, was that those thoughts going through your mind early on in your No, mind? not even. You thought he was too ornery. He was too ornery. It would never happen to him. He, uh, he never told me that he was going to be gone for over half of our marriage. He never meant that. And I didn't know what Is that good news or bad was. news? <laughs> I didn't know what a seal was. Um, yeah. want to know the truth. Uh, there was no internet back then. There, there wasn't, wasn't computers and no cell phones. I, no. And I truly thought that he was going to be working with dolphins because there is a, was a program in the Navy where uh, they're teaching the dolphins to put limpet mines, you know, on the bottom of sure. ship. Yep. So I've heard of it. Uh -huh. That's what I thought he wanted to do. So when he came home, and sat down and said he wanted to go through the SEAL program. I said, oh, I think that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> you get to play with dolphins. I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't have a clue what my life was going to be like. When you did find out what SEALs were, I'd imagine that was mighty impressive, Diane. Did you, did you know in 1973, Michael Saunders sold more Hawaiian oh, Tropic? God. Oh, God. There we go. Okay. Diane, Diane, you love comedy. I thought I'd oh. give Michael one, you know. So, you but anyway, Michael sold more Hawaiian oh. Tropic than any other two Hawaiian Tropic salesmen, and I just I wanted to give him props. He's, he's, he's my uh, hero. Uh, <laughs> have you guys ever heard of Panama City Beach, Florida? Yes. That's where I was from, and that's where I did that little s silly thing. <laughs> <laughs> they were never going to let me forget that, though. And by the way, it was in the United States, no, not just Florida. I saw the most of ever. But anyway, let's get over that. Let's go back to your life. Don, Don, you just flew in from Atlanta, so I know your arms are probably all tired and stuff. But what were you doing down in Atlanta? Can you enlighten us? Not much. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I'm waiting. I'll do it. Uh, Fox News has a, uh, aided me, an investigative reporter down there, a really gifted guy. He doesn't want me to give too much away before his segment airs next Monday. 
but the guy was a uh, fake SEAL admiral, a fake Marine oh. Corps colonel recon, and a fake fighter pilot who dodged the draft by joining the reserves in 1967 and rode out Vietnam from the comfort of Kansas City, Missouri, and never served over there. But that didn't stop him from putting on 66 awards for heroism and valor when he was entitled to one, one single award for serving in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserves. And I flew down there, and I, I burnt his ass. I burnt his ass, and me and that uh, investigative reporter just took turns on him. How do their how do their eyes look when they see you come around the corner? Because I'd imagine a lot of people kind of have heard about you in advance, or at least some of them have, haven't they? What's the percentage that have maybe seen you and try to get the heck out of there before you see them? Uh, it doesn't register with them. Most of these guys know me already. Uh, you know, I call them by phone, and they they know they were like, "Oh my God, it's that guy on the other line." <laughs> Uh, but when you confront them in person, I've never done one. Now, me and Diane have gone to Oregon, Texas, Florida, Georgia, North South Carolina, Michigan, Virginia, Maryland to get these guys. And not a single one of them has recognized us because it's a tactic you learn in, in the military, SEAL team, anything. It's in an ambush. Surprise, sustained superior firepower and violence of action, meaning I am approaching you and surprising you. You don't see that coming. I am bombarding you with questions, sustained superior firepower that you are not prepared for. And uh, that goes into the uh, kind of the violence of action. I'm aggressive with it without being confrontational like that. I get in and I get out. And uh, before they know what happened, they're just spilling their guts everywhere. And then we leave and we have that. So, uh, yeah, uh, they never see it coming, and uh, they'll just babble, babble away, just like this guy did. But they, they will, they will leave when they figure it out. So. I have okay. Conversely, then, I have heard you in very many conversations, probably about thirty, <laughs> where people actually do try to stay on top of you when you call them on the phone. They try to, they try to deny it. They say, "No, I really am this, that, and the other." to the point where you literally have to ask them, okay, what year did you go to Bud's and where did you take, you know, that year's classes or whatever. Um, I, I love how you kind of put their feet to the fire, so to speak. But I imagine you've had some that have a, at least a couple layers of story ready to go, huh? Uh, but it, it doesn't work. There's nothing they can do. They're not prepared for it. And uh, th these, the stories they tell, they have tell, told to others and gotten away with it, but they can't get away with it with me because I am looking at sealed database. And one thing that confuses people, I get asked this question a lot. How many of those guys do you call that turn out to be real Navy SEALs? Huh? None. I already know their phone. I go through, I, I go through a big checklist and I know what you're doing. And uh, I don't pick on the harmless loud mouse. Every town has them and bar, you know, that's not it. I go after the worst of the worst of them, but, uh, and they do try to uh, dazzle me with that. So you see in the videos where I just let them talk, I just keep going, just keep digging yourself in. But I am looking at a database. I'm looking at all the buds classes, all the graduation, uh, 
numbers, uh, guys that are in there with you, and you are not getting away with anything. I've become uh, extraordinarily polished to a point where, you know, you're not going to do it with me. You're you're awesome on that. One other question that I have for you is there was once – where there was a bunch of people that reached out to you because they thought somebody was a stolen valor. I don't know if it was necessarily, I think it was more of like a five-star general. And they thought his pins and medals looked fake. And you actually went through and said, no, this guy's the real deal. And it was just because I think he was kind of boisterous in the way he was standing. Do you recall that one? There was one where you kind of let people know you guys made a mistake on this one. I've done that a lot of times. I'll tell you, you know, I do a good job and uh, other guys in the stolen valor world do it. But when I started doing these things, uh, people were not confrontational. I don't like confrontation. You have to force yourself into calling a liar a liar. But after I did it, there became a string of junior G-men who do more harm than good to the stolen valor world by calling out the wrong guys. There have been some extreme mistakes made by these novices who want to get something on YouTube and they they've called out the wrong guy. They just don't do their homework. Is that is that what you're saying, Don? They just don't really go through the whole process and do their homework on, on each individual instead of they just take it for granted or they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the skills to pull records. They just look at somebody and I think what you're talking about is that uh, Navy guy with Hillary Clinton. I think so. And they went after him because his hat was uh, crooked. His awards were slightly gooned up. And, you know, that's expected. And we're Navy guys. We're not the Marines. We goon up everything. So, Don, Don, you, you, you did, you did that video so perfect, though, because you're exactly right. His hat was crooked, where it almost looked like somebody would say, "Well, maybe that's disrespectful." Could that honestly be a five-star general or what have you? And then you that's ate, you, ate, and then you ate their lunch. And I just thought that was awesome because to actually have a mistaken case of stolen valor. Is, is, in my opinion, just as awful as a case of stolen valor. You know, people should be given their due respect. And obviously, I know you feel that they should be given their due respect always as well. Yeah, we've had some situations like that. I felt very uh, strongly about that to turn this around as well as I'm going after a phony. I'm going to correct the mistakes you guys made. Now, that guy was, uh, if I remember, he was a cook in the Navy, a chief petty officer, and he was been retired for a few years. And not only do cooks rarely put on a a dress uniform, the guy had been retired for a long time. So, you know, people called him out and it was really bad. And he, uh, he's a good guy and retired and, you know, set the record straight, quit making those mistakes. I recently uh, defended a young lady and this is how bad this is getting. And my God, what a good looking young lady uh, she was. And she was, uh, is so built and so beautiful, and she was posing a – it wasn't even Army uniform. She bought it online, what women do. People are wearing more military apparel. And she had some sergeant stripes on there that came with that uh, outfit. And people went after her about stolen – she's not a master sergeant in the Marine Corps. It was like, you, you dumbasses. She bought that in the store. Man, how, how, how dare you attack that beautiful young lady for doing nothing uh, but posing with that? And 
the guys are taking it uh, a little bit too far now, and uh, that's another example. So anytime I see that, I'm going to make a, a huge deal out of it also. And I thank you for that because obviously that's just as important to me. You know, like I said, let, uh, let people get what they deserve if they're doing wrong, but, you know, let's give people their proper respect. We're going to go to commercial real quick, so everybody stay tuned. We're going to have more with Don and Diane Shipley. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation, Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Michael Saunders Show. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. That's sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. Now, back to The Michael Saunders Show. Diane, could you tell us, we hear that your father was in World War II. Could you tell us a little bit what you know about your father and what his participation in World War II? My dad was... My dad was the movie Saving Private Ryan. That was right where my dad was. And he had uh, eight very, very good friends. And when they stormed those beaches, and three of them made it out alive. So with Don being a SEAL, of course, um, in a peacetime Navy, Don wanted nothing more than to hear the stories. He used to ask my father over and over. I mean, he just wanted my dad to tell him some very cool war stories. And my dad never would do it. He would say to Don, son, you don't want to go to war. Son, you don't want to see war. And 
in the summertime, he would pack us up and we would go and visit uh, two of the remaining guys that, that lived. My dad was the third one. And we would go down and uh, one of his best friends was Lewis and uh, Lewis was missing a leg. And then we would go back the next year, you know, and I guess I don't know what that was from, something in the war. But in the end, he ended up having both of his legs amputated and one of his arms. That was my dad's best friend. Mm -hmm. And then when my father passed away, um, my mother gave me all of the stuff that he had in a box. And my father got two bronze stars. Is it two? Two bronze stars. And uh, was sort of a war hero and never talked about it. Never, never talked about it at all. He sure had a lot of pictures uh, with French women. Um, <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he was with the big red one in World War yes, II. Yes, that's it's, what he was, the big red one. Survived, <laughs> the entire, survived the entire war. And back then, you know, the SEALs had it a little bit different. We are not going to have somebody behind us telling us to charge that machine gun nest, do it and just keep going and going and going. We're not ordered like that. So it is horrific, horrific what those guys went through. They had no choice. You are moving forward or else. And uh, Yeah, tough time. Mm. Michael, you had a question about YouTube that you were Yes, I, I was just going to ask you guys about the YouTube channel terminating you guys as of February 21st. What's your thoughts on that? I'm sure you've got your opinion of why and what happened. And if you could tell us, please. I always like to say it takes two to tango. I was no saint on YouTube. I knew what the rules were and I pushed them uh, because I had an agenda to make everyone in this country know that while you know there's a Navy SEAL, you don't know there's a fake Navy SEAL. And a lot of my videos would get pulled and banned, and I'd get punished by YouTube. And then uh, finally it came to that Nathan Phillips, uh, and he got those uh, high school sophomores on the uh, steps of the Capitol. And now, Don, Don, n not to interrupt you, but the audience doesn't necessarily know Nathan Phillips or the backstory. Can you maybe take us a step back and give us who's, who's Nathan Phillips? Nathan Phillips is a uh, antagonist. He's an American Indian, and he just uh, runs around and chants and disrupts uh, events with his own agenda. And he got those Covington uh, high school boys on the Capitol steps, and Fox News and other news turned the tables on those boys and uh, for attacking a Vietnam veteran. Uh, and come find out, that was all crap. Uh, I wish the media knew how to get military records because I had Nathan Phillips records the next day and he was never in Vietnam. He was in the Marine Corps. He was a Maytag repairman. <laughs> he was a refrigerator repairman uh, and he was discharged for going AWOL all the time. And when I corrected that, it saved those boys. It did. Those boys were, uh, they were taking a, a major whooping in the media for doing nothing. They just turned around and made him look bad. But when I put that up on YouTube, uh, 
Somebody didn't like it, and they mass flagged. It's a computer-generated program that mass flags video. In the end, YouTube deleted my uh, uh, YouTube channel, and Jimmy Crackhorn, I don't give a you-know-what. No. No. So I, I've started another one now, and uh, my videos are still out, and I'll continue posting them up. And yeah. nah, They're not getting away with it. That with me. I'm not talking about YouTube, the phonies. I will find a way to keep going with you guys. Well, let me ask you this. I'd imagine when they did shut down your YouTube site, I'd imagine you had a ton of subscribers. So there was a an obvious step back that was taken. Am, am I right? I did. Uh, 50 million views, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I don't really uh, recall what that was. Uh, you could say it was a step back, but years ago when YouTube – See, I work very hard on these YouTube videos when I go after somebody. It has to be entertaining. You have to follow the message. I, I do it with uh, stuff to, that you want to see what I'm going to do next. It's shock value to follow the video through to see how these guys operate. And I, don't know, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah. You want to try that question again? Well, just basically, you had lost a lot of subscribers. Well, tell 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 us about your website now, where where people can come visit you. I'm sorry, uh, I read the writing on the wall a long time ago with YouTube years ago that they were just beating me up, punishing me, and removing those videos. It's okay for you to say uh, these things. It's not okay for me to call you a liar. And I approached my uh, a web developer and I asked him to start me a mini YouTube my own channel. I knew this was where this was going and he did. And that's called videos.extremesealexperience.com. It's a membership website and your videos are never coming down. If I post you up there, they're not coming down. And it has the same result in Google. When I put your name on that website as you being a phony seal, you're going right straight to the top of Google. And that was my way of avoiding the, the friction with YouTube. So did I lose some subscribers? Yeah. Am I doing really good with this website? You, you betcha. And a lot of people are like, man, you had to lose so much money on YouTube. YouTube doesn't pay you nada. I, they, I th their rules are hard. You never know what they're going to do, but they will rip it, that, rip that carpet right out from underneath you. But a lot of guys would say, oh, my God, you lost all this money, and now you're starting this cheesy website. Dude, you'd be surprised. I, uh, I'm actually glad to hear that you're doing it sounds like better than ever. So that makes me feel good. I hope you keep uh, doing exactly what you're doing because Don, it, it really is important because if you take yourself out of the equation, you know, you mentioned something earlier that I don't think the audience might've really got onto. You have access to the files. You can actually tell who really went to these various classes, uh, or what's it buds classes or what have you. Um, they can't lie to you that you're, you're unbreakable when it comes to, they, there's nothing they can do. You can literally check up on them. So what gave you that ability? Is it just because of your past rank as a seal yourself? It's weird how all this got started. Uh, but I was, uh, the burnout rate for doing this is extraordinary when you have to listen to liars all the time and a very gifted guy, a seal before me that was doing this, uh, passed it down. I'm getting tired of that. You know, can you take over? And so I did. And, uh, 
the SEAL database is just a compiling of 70, 76 years of SEAL history. And nobody else has access to it, me and a handful of others. So it might surprise people when I say, you know, the FBI contacts me frequently to check a name. Police departments calling me constantly to check a name. The CIA doesn't have access to it. The NSA doesn't have access to it. It's a sealed database. And when a guy goes through SEAL training in the Navy, it's no different than being a Navy cook. It's an unclassified Navy school. And whatever they go on to do later and killing bin Laden has no impact if your name is listed as a graduate of that training program. So the, the document is not secret, uh, but it is sensitive. It's never going to go public that anybody can see the list of Navy SEALs and underwater demolition team guys. Uh, but I am uh, privileged to have uh, that responsibility. I have access to it, and I cling to it tightly. Well, and I, I'm glad that you do because God knows they all tell you till they're blue in the face that it's classified and they can't discuss it. And you always mention that fact that, well, your class that you went to shouldn't should still be available to me at least. So I love how you call them out on that because that's what they would tell me. They would say, oh, Jesse, it's top secret. It's classified, right? And, you know, they always use that as their kind of Hail Mary of, you know, you can't really beat this uh, excuse, but you actually can. You know, they use that to set you back. And when somebody tells you it's classified, there are no records of me or the president is the only one that knows, (laughs) things like that. What are you going to do? There's nothing you're going to do about it. You're like, wow, oh, okay. What are you going to do? Call him a liar, poke him in the eye or something? I mean, it sets you back, but it does not set me back because I know it's a lie. And I'll just start sinking my hooks into you real quick. So that is the fail-safe for all phonies, a lot of them anyhow, of it's classified. There are no records of me. And it leads people into the Jason Bourne and the men in black. You know, the (laughs) secret super guys. And if any of that was the case anywhere, now there are classified operations, but there are no classified guys anywhere. If it was, you could never join a VFW. You could never join an American Legion. You couldn't get VA benefits. You couldn't get uh, uh, even into a commissary to buy anything. Your military records and what you did on there are a precious document for you to go into public office, you know, in uh, Congress, to be a police officer, to do anything. And if your records just uh, have a big black line through them, you can't do anything. And that's not true. You didn't find that anything uh, on anybody, all of it. And you get their military records. I can do that in a few hours. And uh, I'll see everything you did, who you did it with, how long you did it for, schools, awards, everything. None of it is classified. And anybody that tells you it is, is a liar. He's a phony. And you take your finger and poke him right in the eye as hard as you can. That's, that's that. Diane, what about you? When you go out uh, with Don, do you ever uh, find yourself being the first person when the guy comes around the corner and you're there? Or are you uh, usually behind Don? Or give us a scenario where maybe you uh, were the first to call somebody out. She's vicious. She, I've seen, I've seen Diane, I've seen Diane <laughs> in videos, and she's she's a real, she's a real uh, bulldog. She'll get right after him. I mean, she doesn't let him. She doesn't let him stop her. And she has mothered up more Navy SEALs and been to more memorials. And she is the one that's going to sink her hooks in them quick. <laughs> Don has a 
uncanny way of uh, controlling himself. Uh, he he tries to not raise his voice. Uh, he just has more patience than anybody I've ever seen. I, on the other hand, have very little patience, and I I don't like a liar, and I really don't like stolen valor. Uh, my entire family on both sides, uh, Don's family and my family, just have a huge military uh, history. I served on a ship. I was one of the very first women uh, in the Navy to ride a ship. It was on the USS McKee, and I've, I've always hated stolen valor, but um, my son uh, became a young SEAL. He went through SEAL training at 17 years old. Wow. My son-in-law is a SEAL. My daughter's married to him. And these boys have been through so damn much. My son was just medically retired. He's just been so injured and so hurt. And um, I take it very personal. My, my family has been through pure hell with this war. Uh, it's, it's about torn our family apart. And um, when I see somebody that has never even served one day in the military wearing that Navy SEAL trident that my husband, my son, my son-in-law worked so hard to get, I've been through so many deployments. I've been through so many funerals. Um, we were going to funerals back to back. We didn't even have time to get our suits dry cleaned. It it got so bad that Don stopped me from going. Uh, it felt like I was just sitting there wondering when I was going to be the mother that they were going to hang the flag, hand the flag to. Uh, and yeah, you've I seen, hate you've I hate seen, it. you've seen a lot of pain. We're going to uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Michael Saunders Show. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. That's sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. Now, back to The Michael Saunders Show. So welcome back to The Michael Saunders Show. We're speaking with Diane and Don Shipley. Guys, once again, thank you for being here. I, I think the listening audience is getting a real treat tonight. Don, uh, before uh, you came on on the interview with us, you and I had a quick little 10-minute chat on the phone, and you told me something really interesting. Jay Leno had a couple of friends that was kind of tagging along with him. They were kind of egging him on to believe that they were something special in the Navy or what have you, and he actually called you as a friend and said, Don, help me out. Check these guys out. I want to make sure that I'm not being made a fool of or something to that effect, right? And what exactly Uh, happened there? Well, Jay Leno, I mean, Jay Leno is the Bob Hope of our era. He's a very generous guy, and his mechanic reached out to me. Jay's got that huge car collection, and his mechanic reached out and said, Jay's palling around with two guys that claim to be Navy SEALs, and I don't think so. And apparently Jay was lavishing them. So I verified both names, and uh, I was running my training course on a hot rappel tower all day long with those uh, guys. And uh, when I pulled back in after being out there all day, Diane came running out of the house screaming and holding the phone in her hand saying, it's Jay Leno, it's Jay Leno. (laughs) And uh, he was nice. He talked to her for a long time, and then he talked to me and thanked me for uh, verifying uh, those claims. He had no idea. He had no idea what a fake steal was. And he said, look, it's not my call. This was just as he was getting retiring from the night show. He said, it's my uh, producer but I'd like to have you on the show, but we're a comedy show. And this subject is dark. My producer is going to call you in a couple of days and you need to tell him the funniest stories that you've got. When we hung up, his producer called me about 10 minutes later and I couldn't think of a damn funny thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't make the cut. I have verified uh, uh, Bridget the Midgets, a porn star a very attractive porn star and she was marrying a fake Navy SEAL and I verified the claim for them. I have verified them for uh, some of the biggest names that you'd be surprised how many people encounter these guys. And uh, Jay Leno, Bridget, you name it, I've done it for them. And I don't know. Don, Jay Leno, and I, Diane, you know this is true. Jay Leno missed, missed out on, on his show that because if he would have just showed maybe a, a highlight reel of some of your takedowns on the phone, that would have been enough to make everybody bust out laughing. So I think we can all agree that they, they lost out on a good one there. Do you have a, another YouTube site that somebody can maybe check you out on? And give us a couple of your sites and maybe some of the stuff you're doing with charitables and what have you now. Well, my YouTube channel that they deleted uh, and stole all that video stuff was Buds 131. That was my SEAL training class, Basic Underwater Demolition Class 131. Uh, And my new YouTube channel is Former Buds 131. (laughs) So now all I post is really teaser videos up there. I'll, I'll put a taste out more. But the other thing that goes on with YouTube is it's so easy to steal your videos. And so people steal my hard work, 
They put them on their YouTube site, they monetize them, and there's not enough hours in the day to run around and try to get all that down. So this phony SEAL Admiral is worth the price of admission. When that go, that teaser goes up on YouTube next week, uh, my membership site is videos.extremesealexperience.com, or you just search phonyseals.com in your browser, and it's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks a month, and Diane and I put up at least six videos a week of the work we do with the wounded guys, the duck hunts, her cooking show, busting phonies, you name it. We have a really nice following there, a very mature crowd, and uh, would love to have people uh, join. You're supporting the travel that we do to bust these phonies. You're supporting these wounded warriors down here uh, because when they come, they don't pay for anything. It's it's all from us. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I'm glad that you're doing it. And I'm glad that you're having success with it. And if you're listening, check out Don uh, Shipley and, and, and Diane Shipley and what they're doing. A $10 a month subscription sounds very doable. Uh, it's not going to uh, hurt anybody. But at the same time, it helps you help uh, wounded warriors and what have you. So that's awesome. Warren, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Uh, I, I just, I just uh, heard the cooking show, and I just wondered <laughs> what secrets Diane is sharing on her cooking show uh, must be good. But, uh, what, what kind of recipes are you putting up on your show? Cornbread corn and beans. <laughs> and, uh, we I like cornbread. But we, we cook all kinds of shit on there. Do you put do you put like jalapenos and corn and things like that inside your cornbread? Oh no, no just bread. southern style. Meal and buttermilk. No, oh, okay, no so sweetness. We, we never try to. We never try to give Don a habanero or a ghost pepper or anything like that. I think that would be entertaining. I've been adding extra salt to his food for thirty eight <laughs> years. <laughs> and it's not worked yet, so I'm just going to keep doing that. You know, uh, you guys are a really great team. Um, you had mentioned that when you guys got together, one of you had to leave. I'd imagine that was kind of tough, huh? Or was it just leave as in she became inactive? And were you guys still able to see each other? Or did you guys break the rules and at least find a way to stay in contact and what have you? Uh, one of us had to leave the ship. And so Don chose to leave the ship. And uh, he wasn't a SEAL then. He was a regular Navy so that's when he went to Coronado and went through the ACU-1, uh, driving, driving the boat. And I continued on, stayed on the ship. Um, I loved the Navy. I, I drove the captain's gig and uh, the admiral's barge. I had an all-female crew. It was wonderful. And then we, our, literally, our ships would pass. Uh, <laughs> would come home, and I'd be going out. And then we started the uh, we wanted to start a family and didn't make sense to me uh, how we would both still be active duty. So I got out and raised a young seal. That's awesome. How many that years really were you awesome. in, Diane? Did you, how many years were you in the Navy? Four. Four years. Okay. Yes. And Don, you stayed in forever. 20, what, 24? Yeah. That ship we were on, the USS McKee might as well have been called the love boat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh oh! Maybe those stories would be good to share. There were eight hundred men and one hundred women, or and I had to fight over her every day. <laughs> that ship, we pass it every now and again. It's in mothballs. It's been retired, and uh, 
the day the FBI goes on there with one of those black light detectors and goes through those compartments <laughs> where I used to have at her when we were younger. Hey. It, would, it, would <laughs> It'd be, it would glow all over, huh? It In different areas. <laughs> That's right. So uh, we had a great time in the Navy. We loved every bit of it. And uh, the Navy has certainly done well by me, her, and our family. And, Don, uh, do, do you see all... Do SEAL classes evolve? In other words, let's say you did your SEAL training in the 80s, and let's say somebody does it here in 2019. Are they a better SEAL, more equipped, more educated, you know, new training techniques? Are, are they better than maybe your guys were back in the day? Yeah, absolutely. They, they should have gave all our instructors clubs when they ran that training. It was a brutal, hard and all our tactics everything we were learning were world war ii korean vietnam tactics we we had no lasers we had no night vision uh, uh, guns at night were just open sights ars and m14s uh, these guys today uh, the training is uh, so much smarter than what it was through technology and where you hear about young guys today being couch potatoes that have never changed a tire on a car they don't know how to uh, charge a battery. They don't know how to replace a fuse in their house. The Navy has used that to their advantage. These guys are so much savvier technology-wise and with the wars that are going on today, the training for these guys is much more difficult in that sense than when I went through and still absolutely grueling, demanding training. These guys, I, I, I would not, uh, with my background of uh, uh, quitting high school and uh, Mischief would not be able to uh, be a seal. <laughs> These guys were how, how, how about the psychological part, though? I mean, I, I keep hearing that the, the mental challenge is sometimes worse than the physical challenge. Mentally, just day in, day out, you know, being up, being in. I, mean, I hate cold water. I hate cold water of any sort. <laughs> so, so if they say, hey, put Warren in cold water, he's walking out right now because he just doesn't like cold water. But. People say that it's been taken out of context that Bud's is 10% uh, uh, physical and 90% mental to get through. And that's not true. The physical, the mental pain in Bud's comes from physical pain. When you have to sit in that cold water or you're in that push-up position for no kidding hours, that physical pain becomes the mental pain and it is terribly terribly hard physically, which becomes the mental part. How long am I going to sit in this cold water? And there's some of us that realized we were going to get warm again, that uh, we were going to get another meal again, that this evolution would end, that I am going to be recovered from this position that's causing this extreme discomfort, but a lot of guys cannot. And it's called everybody wants to be a seal on a sunny day. Yeah. Get to the gladiatorial arena in San Diego uh, it has a way of quickly changing people's mind. And so the att terrible attrition rate out there is really that uh, guys had no idea what they were getting into, and uh, they cut their losses. Well, I, I read today, of course, I've been reading about you for a long time, but I also read today that only 80% of the candidates actually graduate from Bud School. And that's an average, 80% 80, 80 fail. Now, let me put that in context that everybody can – really, really understand that 80% does not include uh, the kid in your math class that ain't his own boogers or just the average <laughs> Uber 
walking down the street. These are good good athletes, probably. These guys are sleek black stallions that are out there. They are absolute thoroughbreds. They are the best of the American male. And those are the guys that are ultimately going to start SEAL training. And not just the average goofy guy walking around the street. They are taking the absolute best America has, the, the, the best athletes America has, and 80-plus percent of those guys are never going to make it through SEAL training, no matter how hard they try. So we can rest assured that that creates true armies of one that work in small teams. So I, I feel great that, that, that it's difficult to make it through. It means that the ones that are making it through – are very impressive. Diane, what's more impressive, somebody that gets through and becomes a SEAL or the fact that in 1969, Warren Whitus's high school team went undefeated in football? <laughs> football. <laughs> We're tired yeah. of talking about SEALs in this yeah. family. That's right. We're talking about football. I want to hear these stories from Warren. <laughs> football, football was tough, but it wasn't, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going home, putting us in my own bed. So that, that's a lot different than being a SEAL. But uh, we enjoyed our time. It was just that, uh, you know, I had, I had a reunion. It was 50 years uh, that I hadn't seen these guys. And uh, I probably recognized two out of 24. So, uh, you know, time has a way of changing people, especially 50 years. But it was fun. It was fun to catch up. There was Michael. a thing in the Navy, uh, SEAL training, about the Olympic athletes quitting, professional sports athletes dropping out of program. And what we found out, that we uh, actually used that as a bragging thing you know these guys that would quit and what they found out was that uh, a lot of these guys cannot find any more mountains to climb they've gone as far as they can professionally in the sports world baseball football swimming olympics and they're just trying to find another mountain to climb and what better mountain to climb than the toughest military training in the world and they get out there and they quickly realize that wasn't a smart move, you know. It's a, it's a different animal. Michael, do you want to uh, you want to say anything in closing? Yeah, I was going to ask you from once they get out and get back and retire in the private sector, I can see where these guys and women, whoever uh, the retired Navy SEALs could put some kind of group together because there's a lot of civilians out there that are always trying to push as far as they can, as far as their body's concerned. Are they – do you know if they were out there to where they have their own school? Of course, it's not going to be the Navy SEAL school, anything like that, but something like that because I know so many different kind of groups out there doing these extreme classes, but nothing like you guys went through, yet they're spending big money just to put themselves through these classes, nothing like yours, but I'm thinking of it as a development and a business opportunity. What's your thoughts on that? Well, that's what we did. We did that for 10 years with Extreme Seal Experience. And I was telling you well, guys, true. Yeah, all yeah. the world. But you have to have so many. I mean, you can't run a training course like that with, you know, machine guns and helicopters. You can't do that oh, in no. California. <laughs> that wouldn't go over well, would it, Don? Nope. Maybe in Maryland. Like that, you need, because I was successful because I used seals and seals only as instructors and so you had to run that in san diego or little creek you couldn't do what i did in uh, colorado you were dealing with temperatures and it just 
very strange stuff. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of very bad bad courses out there, very bad experiences. And uh, we don't think that uh, anybody could really hold a candle to what we did. So uh, yeah, it's just a thought. I'm a businessman, and I'm always <laughs> looking at it like that. But I, I know some people. I turned down one about four or five years ago. And uh, I actually knew a lady that went through it, and she says it was just ungodly, but she would never change it for nothing. Uh, so I think there's more and more people out there want to test their bodies. Now, they're not going to be somebody's ready to do the courses that you have, but I still think there's people out there that would pay to do courses to push their body and their mind. Oh, they pay. They pay well, and that's where we were successful. But I – we talked to everybody that came down. You had to really want to come to my course. And I had a number of opportunities from the corporate world of develop something for us and our executives to come. And by God, I'd work on that and work on it. And I'd present it to them. And here they'd come back and they go, well, one of our guys uh, doesn't swim very well. And I'd write back and I'd go, that's my responsibility. Don't worry about it. Yes. One of them is comfortable carrying weapons. Okay, shut up. That is my responsibility. Well, one of them is afraid of heights. Well, shut up. That's my job to get you through all these things. That's what you're paying for. And none of it ever worked out. I gave up on the corporate world so fast. I'm not talking corporate. I'm talking individuals. Hey, uh, Michael. um, Individuals, then that's different. I want to talk to you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, I'm sorry. We're going to we're going to have to wrap this up. Um, Jim, this this has been a great a great show, and and we've really enjoyed having you folks on, Don. I mean, anytime you and Diane would love we'd love to have you back on. Definitely. You guys guys have made our day, and uh, we've enjoyed talking to you. And uh, I, I hope you want to come back. And anything you need from us, please uh, let us know. Thank you, guys. It's been wonderful. You guys have a great day. And thank yeah. you guys for listening. Uh, or listen again next week. Thank you so much for our show. Enjoyed Bye. it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 We hope you've enjoyed and learned from this edition of The Michael Saunders Show. Please join Michael and co-host Warren Whitus again next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening.